0: This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by Curadet. Curadet Debt Debt Counseling offers you free debt settlement consultations. You're not dealing with the banks. You're not dealing with the credit cards. You're dealing with a company that is there to work for you and not the creditors. Hey, bad things happen. Bad things happen to all of us. If you have $10,000 or more in unsecured or credit card or personal loan debt, You owe it to yourself to give them a call. Pick up the phone, call 866-951-2699 for your free debt consultation. Curadet will work with you and provide you with a roadmap to rebuilding your credit. It's free. You have absolutely nothing to lose, but possibly the bad stuff that comes along with debt. 866-951-2699. Gather up your statements, give them a call, and take advantage of a free consultation. 866-951-2699. Cure a debt. 866-951-2699. Now, on with the show. Oh man, All right, let's kick this baby off before I can get outside and start shoveling. I can't believe you're excited to get outside and start shoveling. I'm not excited, I just
1: like to get shit behind me so I don't have to think about
0: it. Bert, give me a quick sound check
2: again. Check, check, one, two, three, four, five.
1: There's no delay. There is no it's, delay. It's coming right to, yeah, Bert. I, I can tell it's reacting quicker.
2: Right, okay. I, I switched over to using the app. I found a way to do that, so it's working a lot better.
0: Okay, cool. Guys, guys, guys. Okay. That's weird. Well, never mind, it seems to be back to normal now. Sounded like we were sucking off a helium-filled dick for a while. But that's just Mike's regular Saturday night. Nerd Cognito. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to another episode of Nerd Cognito. Another week's gone by, and I am joined this evening by both Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. And just Mike. Mike, what's going on? Not much, man. What's up? Uh, <laughs> sleepy. Uh, Mike and I had a little sojourn last night that went into the early hours of the morning. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. How are you hanging in there today?
1: Doing all right, man. It was a blazy half day. I've got my second wind now, though. Unfortunately, it's 8 o'clock.
0: Well, unfortunately, there's like a foot of snow outside, otherwise I would... I totally down for round two, but I ain't doing it in the snow. So fuck that. It's going to be, uh, make a cup of coffee. I'll probably watch a movie tonight. Hey, I watched that bill Burr that you, uh, recommended to me last week. Um, but yeah, the gang's all here, Bert. What was your, uh, what was your week looking like?
2: Eh, you know, the usual stuff, mostly work, you know, just tried to, uh, relax, had some family stuff going on. Nothing real exciting.
0: I know, you didn't have the, the best week because, you know, it's, it was one of those real-life weeks, right? And uh, real life sucks. So, um, But we're glad you made it with us. And Bert's here because we're going to have a full-on, hard-on, nerd-cognito discussion, finally, finally, of Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I say finally, you know, I guess it's technically only been out for about two weeks now. Is it that
1: new? I didn't realize it was that
0: new. It is that new. It's in theaters right now.
1: Oh, shit.
0: But yeah, all three of us have finally, you know, journeyed out to the theater and seen our Ghostbusters afterlife. And uh, we're going to open up with that. We've got the news. I've got, uh, oh, there's one that I'm ready to explode on in the news today. And uh, we're going to talk about where we've dedicated a lot of our gaming life to in the second half. And, of course, you know, we'll talk about the boys' night out last night. So, um, anything interesting pop up in your world this week, Mike?
1: No, it's year-end. My my work life sucks this whole month. So, I'm just glad that I got a couple days off. I think I got off tomorrow, which will be nice. I'll get up in the morning, check my email, and hopefully it'll be just a game, a day of gaming.
0: That sounds beautiful. Yeah, work sucks. That's why we talk about games and fun stuff.
2: Uh, we did do cute? our
0: first episode of Nano Nerd Cognito. I hope that uh, everybody enjoyed that—a nice little short format, hyper-focused episode of Nerd Cognito where we just look at the one thing. Do you have a chance to to check that out, Mike? I have not, man. It's been 15 busy. minutes, bro. Come on, where's it, your commitment?
1: Well, I mean, and someone kept me out till three in the morning last
0: night, so that I would be you. Someone, the someone that <laughs> kept, <laughs> kept us out until three in the morning was you. That's <laughs> true.
1: That's fucking true. Just think, I live with that person.
0: Well, <laughs> he must be a cock to live with. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we might as well talk about it now. Mike and I finally had that, that trip to the casino that we were talking about. And uh turns out Michael and I have very, very different casino styles, Bert, Completely completely different casino styles.
2: From your personalities, I wouldn't see that at all. You seem like you'd gamble exactly the same.
0: I don't know. I mean, we both enjoy gambling and we both enjoy very similar facets of gambling. It's just, you know, I sometimes I thought Michael was going to give me a stroke. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, I was going to be drooling on the floor like a retard. The drink girl's going to walk by and kick me to make sure that I'm still alive especially in that last hour bro <laughs> I, oh man I, I i i just i don't have
1: it's where memories are made
0: That that, that, that is where memories are made and that's why i will never hit for like a fifty thousand dollar jackpot i don't have the, the fortitude to gamble with that kind of money you you definitely are, are a braver soul than i am well
1: listen man i when i first started gambling I, me and my buddy would go after work and I would bring like a hundred, 200 bucks with me and we'd sit down and we played penny slots and we'd just sit there and play penny. slots. we'd be there all fucking night drinking, smoking, maybe lose one to 200 bucks and be happy as a pig and shit. And one night doing that same shit, I get up, I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. I get up, I have to walk past and I walk past this $5 wheel fortune machine Uh-oh. and I, and I say to myself, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking throw a hundred dollars in here, and I'm just gonna be happy to like walk back to my buddy and be like, hey, look, I fucking hit money, right? So I did that, and I hit a fucking spin, and I hit the max spin that you could win. It was five thousand dollars. Ooh! So, I, so the you know, it came. They paid me five thousand dollars. I walked to my buddy. I smacked him in the face with that money, and from that point on, I was like, I can't play. Just low slots anymore. I can't just play penny, you know, ten cents, fifteen cents anymore. Got to fucking play big, and that's where it all took a turn. That's it.
0: I've had my share of bigger hits. Um, I I distinctly remember when I was oh, twenty, and um, Michelle Elephant. We talked about Michelle Elephant before. Uh, Michelle Elephant and I went to um, fuck. What's the city in, really? in Canada with the waterfall?
1: Oh, Niagara Falls.
0: Niagara yes. We went to Niagara Falls and um you know, because it wasn't real money, it was Canadian money, and back when we went the exchange rate was very favorable for us. I was playing a little larger and I hit for like six grand. Similar experience. You know, back then it was that's when the machines were fucking dropping quarters too. Um but the the bell went off and the little man came over and escorted me to the The cafe. little
1: man. The little man. Like I was, picture a little fucking troll come rolling out.
0: He, he was a very short man. And they they the, the uniforms there, Casino Niagara, at that time, they had like a classic, uh, I don't know how to describe it. The guy was wearing like a classic British elevator operator's uniform with the hat and the button down front. Am I making Yes.
2: Oh man,
0: that was the uniform, and he was short to begin with, so yeah, it was it was almost. It, it, dude, it's just, if the dude was six inches shorter, he would have been a legit midget. Well, but, I don't
1: know how you go from that back to you know playing low, because it's so hard to get the excitement again.
0: The excitement's still there. Like I, I guess I play for the experience, and I'm I'm not going. To win a fuck ton of money, and I know I'm not going to win a fuck ton of money. I'm just going to win. Hey, if I win five hundred thousand bucks, I'm happy.
1: And then you like to play the machines that just take forever to fucking spin. Ugh. Oh, I want. Oh, I want to know. Did I win? Or lose? No. Next button. Next button. Next button. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but I had a six hundred and fifty dollar hit, and it was on that yeah. machine last night.
1: And it right? was a good hit. It was a, like one of the highest hits you could have got on that machine.
0: So and again, what was I throwing a yeah, dollar fifty? I don't know. Dollar fifty a hit on that. It was a nickel. Twenty nine lines, twenty seven. Uh, yeah, dollar thirty something. If my math is is working correctly, that's that's enough. That's enough skin in the game. If I want to gamble big, I'm gonna take it to a level where I can put it towards my retirement or something. I guess that's where I'm at.
2: I don't know. I think I treat uh, slot machines kind of like video games. I pick the ones that are like, that have the animations and the sound effects and the flashing lights and the, you know, I'm, I'm going to be losing money so I want to see something for my money, I guess.
1: But I always play for the bonuses, Bert. I love to get bonuses on machines. That's all I care about.
0: He wanted the bonuses so bad that we had a little private competition going to see who had the most bonuses and he had his pussy twisted so badly at the end of the night that he had to go to the high limit room, so he knew that I wouldn't play, so that he could win that. That league. is
1: such a lie. <laughs> so, you, I could tell. I could see it in your face. You didn't want to drink anymore. He's ready to go home. I'm like, I still have money in my pocket. I like to go home broke or rich. So let's go.
0: That, and I was not drinking anymore because I had to drive home. Right? Yeah. No, I know. I, I
1: you wasn't. Were ready. Ready. You were ready. You were I, getting ready.
0: I told you that I was ready to roll. I still, had, I still had tickets. I still had cash. I could have rolled. You said to me after a
1: let, let's go play a machine. Let's, sm- or let's smoke a cigarette. Let's play a machine and then let's get on the road.
0: I did not say that. Something
1: to that effect. No, yes.
0: I, I said because we were stuck in no smoking for a while.
2: Oh, for a long funny.
0: while. I said, let's go. Uh, change, of, change of pace. Let's go somewhere where we can smoke a cigarette and figure it out from there
1: ah semantics he was ready to go Bert you could see it in his face he was ready to go
2: I don't know when I go to the casino if I play for three or four hours and wind up even walking out with the money I came in with to me that's a successful trip to the casino
0: I'm not knocking it we had a successful trip we both walked out up so that's a win right and it's not like we walked out 20 bucks up we both walked out proportionally up to our bankroll I don't know what
1: I was up. I think I might have made five hundred bucks or something.
0: I, I thought you were you were up like seven eight hundred bucks. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I don't, but, uh, why Why do I know this more than you?
1: <laughs> I don't. Know, cause I just come home and I throw it on the counter. I haven't looked today, but Bert. I mean, I was down. I was down a thousand bucks.
2: Oh, my
1: God. And, <laughs> and, and, I mean, this is after already going to the high limit. I hit a spin for 750 and I'm like, I'm not leaving. And I just played it all and lost it all. And then I said, okay, Rye, I'm getting another $1,000, and I'm just going home down $2,000, or, you know, I'm going to hit something big. So I took another $1,000 out, and that's when the magic started happening.
0: Oh! And you took the, other, the next $1,000, and you went over to the $50 hit
1: <laughs> me. $50 <laughs> spin Wheel of Fortune. And wow. raised
0: my blood pressure to unknown <laughs> levels.
1: Yeah, what a stupid game. But I did hit a spin there for 1000
0: And then, thank goodness, you got some sense and went down to a $20 hit.
1: Then we went to $20 spin wheel, and I think I hit, like, four spins there.
0: That, that, nice that, 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 it, that
1: machine made your evening. That, that machine evening nice for you. Well, I mean, in the end, yeah, it had to have. Yeah, and yeah. he's
0: playing his $20 hits, and I don't mind sitting there and chilling out and smoking a cigarette and bullshitting. But he's like, oh, yeah, there, there's a bonus. Now I'm up. Oh, now there's another one. Now I'm up. Next time we go, it's only when we're concurrently playing. It ha- That's, that's got to be the rule.
1: Well, that, that means I'm not going to be playing high-limit slots. Where's the fun?
0: You, you can play high-limit slots.
1: So we're going to be in two separate rooms, and then we just have to like uh. re- get back together and be like, "Hey, man, I hit a bonus!
0: My, my tallies too.
1: What's your tally?" Yes,
0: What's I'll be I'll be in the in the general area with the blue hairs, fondling the seventy year old titties next to me, while you're in the high limit slot. So, no,
1: I could play I could play dog shit slots for most of the day, but once it, once I get ten drinks in me, I think it's time to move on.
2: Now I've seen I've seen people hit crazy on. Stupid things too. My uh, my wife Jen likes to play the slots. We went in the one night. I think she, I think her bet was like four dollars, and what she won fifteen grand. So,
1: mm-hmm. well, how about this? So last time I was in Vegas, I was staying at Aria, and my I've buddy was
0: Aria. Do you like it? I,
1: I, I like the hotel itself, but I don't like the placement of it, and that's part of the story. Like, because it's set back, right? So you ha- you have to like. You have to walk for, like, 30 minutes just to get to, like, the main strip right in front of the Aria, the way it's set up. It's awful. So, uh, yeah, so there's my buddy. He's staying at, like, the Bellagio or something. And I'm like, dude, just come to the Aria. This is—I'm already playing. So he's bitching. He comes to the Aria, and he comes in, and he just starts bitching at me about, you know, all oh, this fucking place. It's why are you staying here. It's set back. It's such a pain the ass to get to. All he does is bitch, and I'm playing, like, roulette or something. He sits down at one of those lightning machines— That with the where you need the six balls,
0: lightning machines.
1: Okay, yeah, but here's the best part of it: he doesn't even hit the bonus. It just randomly, you know how some machines just randomly award you something? Yes. It randomly awarded him the progressive jackpot.
0: Awesome. (laughs) He didn't hit no bonus,
1: no bonus. Here's twelve thousand dollars just for sitting down. Nice. I was like, what the fuck? I never heard. I never even. I didn't even think a machine could do that. Here's a random. The max thing that everyone's playing for, here it is, $12,000 of this machine. It's like, you're the luckiest motherfucker alive.
0: Well, that's because, you know, the machines rely on us to suspend disbelief as to how they work, you know. We have a lot of fun oh, look, we almost hit this. We didn't almost hit anything. It's a random number generator. Yeah, (laughs) but I didn't think it ran.
1: Like, usually when they give you random stuff, okay, they give you something. I didn't think it gives you the max thing that you could fucking get.
0: I, I, I assume that any valid payout could come up in the RNG and he just happened to to hit it right. That that's I mean, great. I'll take a progressive, but um that's a bummer that there wasn't like a build up to it. It's just boom, there you
1: go. No, no fuck great he was Pap. Who cares? He didn't even have oh, to yeah. click he the button, he had a losing here, reel, right. and then his machine pops on him. He's like, What the fuck? And then it just says here, here's twelve thousand dollars. I was <laughs> like, You gotta be kidding me.
2: That's insane. So he, were
0: Aria. he was in Bellagio. I, I tend, I like classic. I, I, my favorite still, still good old Caesar's palace or I um, love
1: Caesars. I love MGM. Caesars.
0: I like to stay in the MGM too. If I want to be down that end of the strip, you know?
1: Yeah. It's too far. Is that the, no, Mandalay Bay is the other one. that's Mandalay Bay is
0: the one that's all. Yeah.
1: yeah. Down.
0: MGM right. is, um, a block up from where Aria is anyway. Interesting night. Um, Ryan's content to to piddle away and and, and get my my two three hundred dollar hits and that doesn't do it. Mike Mike's gotta go big or go home.
1: <laughs> but in the end, he end up in the same spot. So it's yeah, no... I,
0: we had a good time. That's really all that matters. And uh, we got one last hurrah in here before you know we can't open our front doors because fucking Nor'easter... is it a nor'easter? I don't even know what it is. It's just a really bad storm. Let's let's talk about the film, gentlemen. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I guess we should preface that uh, we're not really going to hold back on anything. I don't think there's any crazy super spoilers in the film. I really don't. I think that um, everything that could have been a spoiler, Sony already tipped out. I mean... They released the CG shot of an aged Harold Ramis. So everybody knew that he was a ghost already. Um, they released the promo trailer with Paul Rudd and the Mini Marshmallow Men. They released a promo trailer that had Muncher. There wasn't really anything that they were keeping as a super guarded secret. So I think we're pretty safe to talk about the movie. But if you haven't seen it, and you're concerned about something, even though I'm telling you there's not really a, a, a gotcha spoiler in this movie. Uh, you probably want to fast forward till we hit the news. Um, but we've all, we've all watched it this week, and um, I don't know. I thought it was, if you go into it knowing that it's not Ghostbusters as we know it, but it is sort of like a love letter to Ghostbusters. I thought it was a good movie. I don't think it was a great movie, but I think it was a movie that I wanted to finish. Unlike the Ghostbusters 2016, that was a movie where I struggled to finish. Um, would I watch it again? Yes. If it were, you know, flipping through the channels, happened to be there. Um, would I go out of my way to watch it again? No. So that's sort of where i where I was just generally thinking about it uh, what do you guys think
1: I thought it was good um I liked uh I thought the the girl was adorable I liked uh, when she was trying to tell her corny jokes I thought they were great uh, but yeah I don't know I mean I thought it was good I probably wouldn't watch it again I mean if it's on TV and it's bet- if it's between that and battlefield Los Angeles Battlefield Los Angeles wins every time
0: I thought that uh, ironically that the casting of the little girl was a little too transparent I I didn't find her adorable either Um, I didn't go oh and and I wasn't particularly connected to her um, but I thought that um, they definitely did it just to invoke the image of Egon
2: I don't know I think that the cast I think she was Good casting for what you expected her to be. The Viewing it through the lens of nostalgia, I mean, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan going back to the original film. So, viewing it through the lens of nostalgia, I thought the movie was, like, a great homage. You saw Gozer again. You saw, you know, Muncher was very Slimer-esque. The characters were, you know, related to the ones that you know. And the, you. it kind of like poked at you know your own my own memories and nostalgia for ghostbusters i don't kind of like the idea of egon as a deadbeat dad <laughs> you know what i mean like they they literally took a character that was the logic and science nerd from the original ghostbusters and turned him into the doomsday prophet deadbeat dad dirt farmer and i was that that i found i could see that happening to venkman or maybe ray but like for egon to turn into that it just seemed like a stretch do you guys know what i mean
0: i agree i can see ray in that position a lot better but akroyd's still alive and i think that's really what (laughs) boiled down to which ghostbuster that was going to be um i think if all four of them were still available it probably would have been Aykroyd. so ray stance would have been the the one that was out in the middle of nowhere,
1: um, and he and he kind of was. I mean, when she called him, he still picked up the phone to the Ghostbuster phone. He was in like a little shop. I don't even know what it was. That so was raids
0: occult from Ghostbusters too. They they there were a lot of throwbacks for for those of you that were that are really Ghostbusters fans. There was a ton of shit in there as far as like Easter eggs and things to know.
2: Absolutely, Ecto one, the uh, raids occult books the. Uh...
0: Did you guys notice that the toaster from Ghostbusters 2 was on the shelf behind Ray and Ray's Occult?
2: I did not notice that one.
0: I, I, I did. I thought that that was an that was extra humorous little ha-ha.
2: I got a good kick out of um, the mid-credit scene. with.
0: Uh... Uh,
1: we, <laughs> Ryan does it. Once the credits are go, he stops. He, he has no idea what you're talking about. He didn't no, watch it. No
0: what you're talking about. If it's, if it's after it goes to black and credits roll... Uh, I'm in the car.
2: They went back to the original uh, psychic testing that, where uh, Venkman was shocking the male students and rewarding the female ones, only it was Dana giving him the uh, the cards, and then she would shock him in the
0: way. I, I was disappointed that Sigourney Weaver didn't have uh, at least an appearance in the film proper. I, I did see that scene, but I didn't... Stick around through the credits to see it. I saw it from from YouTube or something of that. I think it was YouTube. Maybe it was on some sort of social media. But I, I did see the scene. But uh, yeah. And
1: Sigourney Weaver was. They made Sigourney Weaver look really good when she was possessed. This other chick who I really like. What's her name? Uh.
0: Yeah. They totally had Sigourney as smoking sex pot hot in the '80s, and Olivia Wilde. Uh, not so much. It was still just a mom in a towel.
1: It was yeah, a nice. shiny towel. <laughs> it Yeah, it was like made of ice crystals.
0: I Did you guys feel that they were reaching a little young with the audience, too? Because if you think about Ghostbusters as we know it, it was an adult science fiction comedy. And this one definitely was skewing more towards tweensteens. teens.
2: Yeah. I agree. And, you know, there were a lot of ways that they could have gone with this. Like, I, uh when I went in, like, I didn't really see any of the previews, really, before I went in, other than the one with Paul Rudd and the mini Stay Puft guys. So I didn't know where it was going initially. And then, of course, as soon as I saw, like, first five minutes, I knew where it was going. Like, after Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, I figured that it would talk about, you know, Dana's kid or, you know, like sort of a passing of the torch. And instead it went to like children with proton packs. So I can see it. What do you mean about it skewing young?
0: Yeah. I, I felt like I was a little too old to be in that theater. And again, love Ghostbusters, good movie, but I wanted it to be a little more for our generation. And I get what they did marketing wise, our generation it's gone. You know, we're not the focus anymore. They want those younger dollars, and they're trying to introduce this whole new millennial generation into the Ghostbusters mythos.
1: Well, I, I think they see the uh, the success of Stranger Things, and they even casted the dude from Stranger Things in the movie. So maybe they were going for that feel. True. I I like the little uh, the little Asian kid too. The the fucking podcast kid. Yeah, podcast. Cute as hell.
0: I'm gonna give Paul Rudd credit too. You know, he took. He's the man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a very tongue-in-cheek approach to the character that he was playing, and I I I dug it. I dug it when he was the the summer school teacher. I dug it when he was the the keymaster uh I, you know he he went all in on it
2: right but that paul Rudd always goes all in you could cast him as freaking anything and he would you know give 100% um
0: one thing i didn't realize until after the movie that, um, jesus
1: say that again i had to take i had to move my headset would oh no
0: i know i know you're were exfoliating <laughs> i i didn't realize until after the movie that uh evo shandor was jk simmons
2: oh really
0: yes yes i thought like, like did not make the connection at all
1: yeah i, I recognized him i couldn't tell did you. I, I didn't know his name was jk simmons what, what is he in um
0: uh, most famously he is the farmer's insurance guy yes
1: yeah 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 exactly you know
0: he's uh Bern Schillinger, the anal raping Nazi on Oz. Oz
1: yeah, <laughs> I recognized him, but he his part was so short. Uh, how about this? When uh, the one part I wasn't so sure about is when they, you know, when they they got all the traps to work and they're sucking in all the ghosts. How come Egon didn't get sucked in? I thought he was going to get sucked in with them.
0: I was saying the exact same thing. There was that was a definite continuity flaw. I was like, well, you know what? He's going to make the ultimate sacrifice right? because when they open these traps, everything's going to go in. And yeah, he didn't go. Uh, he stood there and smiled and waved his little hat and walked off into the dug house. Dug house? Yeah. Dug house. Hey, Doug. Uh, dug out.
2: Yeah, I I yeah. totally expected him to get trapped, too. In fact, I thought they would go with that sort of like cheesy thing where he like pushes Gozer into the trap and follows with it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he would make that, like, ultimate sacrifice to save his granddaughter after helping her fire the proton pack and the traps start going off. I expected him to, like, drag Gozer down to the traps himself, almost.
0: And I almost wanted to see him trapped because it left him in the Ghostbusters universe. Um, Especially if you consider the real Ghostbusters canon, which Ghostbusters the franchise does consider canon then you have communication within the traps and within the storage facility. So if he did get sucked in and make that sacrifice to once and for all get rid of Gozer, they could have still brought him back. Right, right now, there's no coming back for Egon. And I get why you don't want to, him to come back, but I also get why you could want him to come back.
2: What did you guys think about them leaving it open for a sequel?
1: Of course. They do that with every fucking movie right now. They have to. You know, the flashing red light on the make. old
2: containment unit in yeah, the yeah. firehouse. and the.
0: You're absolutely going to have a sequel. They, yeah. They've already said that there's going to be at least two video games in pre-production. And yeah, this is the start of a new franchise for them. So, the real litmus test, I think, for Sony, because they're going to get a ton of crossover viewing from people that were fans of the original franchise, the real test is going to be the next movie that comes out. Anyhow, that's like ground zero again for Ghostbusters.
1: Right. I and think the, I have a ghost under my desk right now because my dog is looking at nothing under my desk and growling.
0: That's all right. She she was not friendly with. Well, she was friendly. I yeah, mean, she no takes.
1: It. She yeah, she barks.
0: Yeah, she's. She, like, she was just loud. She was like, "Who's this fat fucker in my house?"
1: This motherfucker's is big. I can't barely look up that
2: that high i'm kind of curious do you guys wonder where they're gonna go with the next movie because the ghostbusters are pretty much aged out ernie hudson brought the ecto-1 back to the firehouse so is it gonna be like what do you guys think is it gonna be like ernie hudson putting together a new team is it gonna be
0: ernie hudson's gonna reopen the firehouse because you're right the other guys have aged out i think um there's no way you're gonna get bill murray again no Uh, Dan Aykroyd, as a writer, will put himself in in a minor capacity, I believe. But I think it's really going to be Ernie. And Ernie looked great. I mean, black don't crack, man. (laughs) Ernie looked phenomenal. And I think Ernie's going to open it up and start a new team in New York because the old containment unit's going to go boom. And um, they've already sort of set the table for that. They said how he was paying the bills and maintaining the old firehouse, even before the end they they were talking with him about he was financially supporting all of the stuff that was ghostbusters, so plus red. Yeah, I think the next one the next one is gonna be the reboot of Ghostbusters New York. It did feel weird not to see New York in a ghostbusters movie,
2: true, very true, like you know you don't expect a Ghostbusters movie to take place in like the middle of nowhere farm town, you know, butt-fuck Egypt, middle-of-nowhere USA.
0: Anything that you absolutely wanted to see on the cutting room floor, guys? It was just like me watching another movie. Yeah, there was nothing that that got under your skin.
2: Me either. I, I thought that Muncher was kind of like... Like, you had Slimer, you had like it seems like every one of those movies uses the same like ghost model now. There's no reason that Muncher had to be, you know, a fat floating ball of ectoplasm that looked like a slimer clone.
0: I did want to see Slimer. I did. But maybe he'll show up next time. True, because he's in theory in the containment unit in New York, right?
2: In theory. I just thought that the um the the model for Muncher I would have expected to see something different rather than that same like fat butterball flying ghost only this time it eats metal and spits bullets
0: I think I would have liked a little more I guess attention to real detail like oh yeah we're, we're in this town that's an abandoned mining town in present day United States of America but you know, there's a functional mining elevator, and an open and an open fall of 300 feet into a shaft on top of this mountain where everybody hangs out. It's the movies. Uh, Come that, on, yeah, that one bothered me a little bit. Um, no
2: safety features, no mine. There's probably
0: places like that somewhere. Not, not, not with a functional thing still there. Well, how it, functional it was it? Chapped. It was fun- fully functional.
2: They took it down in or uh, later to. Uh, Infiltrate the temple of Gozer like that mine elevator worked
1: it was yeah but we're saying it's like an elevator it was like just a little thing on a pulley anybody could put that in I, what's his name uh, Egon probably had it in there because he was going down there to fucking set up his uh, guns no it was to prevent the a, thing
0: like an 1850s mine elevator that, that that one just bothered me that bothered me man you, you um, guys
1: you guys are picky watching movies huh? uh, I' just got you know, to let it go just let it be.
0: I enjoyed I, the movie. I said, overall, it was a good movie.
1: Not everything could be realistic.
0: Yeah, but everything... I don't want something that's... I
1: mean, we're okay. watching Ghostbusters, for God's sakes. There's ghosts flying all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... I'll let, I'll, I'll let them get away with an 1850s mine elevator, or whatever the fuck it is.
0: No, No, when something steps you out of that suspension of disbelief, that's when it sticks into my head. And Egon not going into the trap was one. The mine elevator was another.
1: That was yeah. The Egon not going to trap was the only thing I was like ah. I think they you know that was a screw up there. Like that doesn't make sense. Everything else is just kind of eh. I mean these little kids are sitting there freaking handling all these guns. She's on a fucking the the chair out of the truck just shooting shit. I mean that's well,
0: again, ain't that good. Love to see ten years on all of the primary characters. Yeah, I would yeah, have loved Stranger them things, not yeah. to have been kids. They could have been. You know, CW somethings. Hey, CW went bankrupt, by the way. It um, could have been CW aged and then had parents that were parents aged, and it would have been better. I don't, I don't know what
1: CW means.
0: Floozy 20 somethings.
1: Uh, what's the CW stand for?
0: The network. The CW network on TV. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. I don't watch TV. Sorry. No idea. <laughs> went right over my head.
0: No, I I would have... I would have preferred them to increase the age of the... It was almost a kids' movie. Yeah, but, but you know what? Was, I think I'd, I rather, it I'd rather
1: it be. I'd rather it be, because you get to that age, because then they're going to have to you know, make it so that there's some romantic thing. They'll probably throw someone gay in there, because they have to. It's better that it was these kids, I think, in my mind, nowadays. Otherwise, you're going to run into that bullshit.
0: You're going to run into that bullshit everywhere.
1: But you didn't run into that bullshit, exactly, because they were kids. Because
0: it was a kid's movie. Uh, right, so I'm thinking maybe we were better off. I watched it with my five-year-old, and he was able to completely follow along. And then I was like, oh, there's a great, yeah. okay, I'm busting out Ghostbusters, and it's like, eh, because it wasn't a kid's movie.
2: No, no, the original one was not, you know, smoking, drinking, you know, Property we watched that a
0: though, yeah. right? I watched Ghostbusters over and over and over and over again. In fact, I blew out the first copy that I had on Betamax, <laughs> and I had to buy it again.
1: Yeah, but we say it wasn't a kid's movie. But I think we were—I mean, we were all kids when we watched it back then.
0: True, it was right, definitely well,
1: more yeah, grown up. The but, world uh,
0: wasn't pussified exactly back right. in the day. Hey, right. did you hear it, Mike?
1: I did. I heard it. So I heard it. No more pussies. I mean Sigourney Weaver. I mean,
0: I was man. She was a smoke show in that, and she's not an attractive woman. No, she is not. She uh, like on the surface, she's not an attractive woman. But if you think about the iconic, sexy things that she's done, I mean, uh, Alien. Her and her underwear in the closet.
2: Yeah, yeah. Man, it
0: was better than the Sears catalog. There were some in my underwear for that. (laughs) Oh God.
1: Uh, I just remember her having nice legs as, uh, the fucking, in, in Ghostbusters when she was Well, progressed. I've never
0: been a big boob guy. You, you know, I, I, I've kind of always been a, a little boob guy, to be, to be honest. I mean, I like boobs, right? Big or little. Even if they're little, you can push them together and have one bigger one, but, um, so it wasn't. How did I get on this tangent?
2: I don't know, you're, <laughs> you're,
0: You're perverted.
2: no you went there yourself man we didn't we didn't drag you in this
0: yeah we did nothing (laughs) final thoughts on Ghostbusters Afterlife Bert uh
2: good popcorn movie worth a watch not sure that it's something that I would you know sit down and watch over and over again the way I did the original
1: Mike, I agree agree 100% with Bert I don't think it's like a cult classic like the original Ghostbusters but it was entertaining
0: I agree good movie good, safe movie that you could take the kids to, um, and I think that was probably the target. It was, oh, dad likes Ghostbusters, and he can take the kids to see this movie, and, uh, they pulled it off. Gozer looked good, they got in the Are You a God joke, and, you know, everything that you wanted to pay homage to the series was there, so... Pay full price, discount theater, or wait till it streams? Bert?
2: I would say discount theater. Worth seeing it on the big screen just for the effects alone, but uh, not something that I would pay full price Saturday night to take the wife to.
1: Mike? I am all about sitting in the comfort of my couch and watching shows, so that's where I would watch it.
0: And I think that for the ham and eggers, it's a discount theater type of movie. Unless you are a super Ghostbusters fan. And then then you go and see it proper. All right. Well, there you have it. There's Ghostbusters Afterlife in a nutshell. What do you guys think? Let's take a look at the news this week.
2: What do you got for news, Ryan?
0: Oh, I've got some news for sure. Um, we talked about The Witcher Season 2 a couple episodes ago. The Nielsen numbers are out. And The Witcher season two is the number one streamed show by more than a two to one margin. The Witcher season two blew everything away as far as streaming minutes. Now, Nielsen, you know, the ratings people collect the, the streaming minutes too. Um, next in line, uh, Coco Melon. Does anyone know what the fuck that is i
2: have no, I have idea. no idea the hell is
0: coco melon was number two with 840 million minutes but not even close to the witcher which was 2191 million minutes streamed what is it called coco melon Cocoa melon. Coco melon, C O C O melon. I'm almost more interested to see what the fuck Coco melon is. Songs yeah, for kids,
2: a... nursery rhymes, and kids songs. Coco melon. I just looked it up.
0: Oh, it's like a cartoon or something. Right. Like that. It's a... so, yeah, the okay. closest. Okay, okay. So the closest television show would have been the number three one, which was Criminal Minds, at six hundred and thirty-one million minutes. But here's what's interesting: Witcher, sixteen episodes. 2,200 million minutes streaming. Its closest competitor, Criminal Minds, 317 episodes, 631 million minutes streaming.
2: Plus that show went off the air. How many years ago? Criminal Minds hasn't uh, wrapped up. I mean,
0: I have the whole list if you want me to go down through the list. It's uh, uh, after Criminal Minds, Hawkeye from Disney Plus, Lost in Space, the unforgivable Seinfeld, NCIS, Back to the Outback, and the Woke Wheel of Time on Amazon. Oh. Did I say that? Address the Woke Wheel of Time. Did anyone try to watch it? I don't even know what you're talking about. No,
2: I, I have not. Um, you know, the the books kind of like died out after a certain point. I tried. To, I read the books in high school, and after a certain point, I just lost interest like they they really stopped holding my interest after a while i assumed the show would be the same but i i could give it a shot
0: give it a shot but uh yeah witcher crushed it crushed
2: it i mean can you blame it we we all enjoyed the season two season two of the witcher there were certain things that we would have changed but we all watched every episode
0: absolutely uh, it was probably the best show that uh that i saw that was new this year
2: let me ask you guys a question. Do you think cancel culture is the death of strong opinions? It seems like you can't hold a strong opinion if you're in the public eye, even the slightest. If you believe something to be true, you can't defend it, or you're going to alienate massive amounts of people, or just the crazy ones.
0: Cancel culture is the slippery slope to the death of the First Amendment, and... Again, I'm in a weird political space because I definitely don't identify red or blue, like people like to say, but I'm very liberty-minded. And if someone wants to say something or have an opinion, have that opinion. And if you can back it up and have a strong opinion, have that strong opinion. So yeah, cancel culture worries me, Bert. Not for me, because I'm old and grizzled and I've, you know already done most of what I'm going to do, but it worries me for my five-year-old son because what's he going to do if he has a justifiable strong opinion one way or the other towards something?
1: That's why I don't have kids. (laughs) One one of the reasons. One of the long list of reasons.
2: For some reason, Mike, when you spoke up, I thought for sure you were going to say, that's why I don't have opinions.
1: (laughs) That's why I keep my opinion to myself. Fair. Fair. No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, yeah, at, you go one way or another if it's not in the middle where 50% of the people are going to be against it, 50%. Like, you can't. No matter what, you're going to get shot down by someone.
0: And that's when you put on the bulletproof vest and you say, hit me. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Give uh, And if I'm having a conversation that that's more polarizing with someone, I want to hear a logical and reasonable argument that counters my point, but I also want to hear it without name calling and without canceling and without, you know, all of the baggage that goes along with it. So I don't think we answered your question, Bert.
1: (laughs) I, no, I think we did. Yeah, I I agree. I think cancel culture is going to actually, yeah, it's going to reduce the amount of, or the the number of people have strong opinions one way or another, because they're going to be worried about, you know, the the repercussions.
2: Fair enough.
0: Last week, Bert, Mike and I stumbled on uh, an article from the developers of Dying Light 2. Did you get a chance to listen to last week's show, Bert?
2: Uh, yes, I did.
0: Dying Light 2 has promised, do you remember how many hours of gameplay if you were going to complete the game?
2: I don't remember what the, what the actual total was now.
0: 500 plus hours is according to the developers. Well, they they followed up and they are doubling down on on their commitment to the game. They are guaranteeing 5 years of game support post launch, including events, locations, in-game items and story DLC. Wow. They are looking to knock it out of the park and uh, I worry that's putting a lot of eggs in one basket
2: yeah that is a lot of content and a lot of time I mean the game better be riveting if I'm going to put that kind of time into a game like that I think even at my best I think the most I've ever put into a game is 200 hours maybe
0: save that thought for later after the news we'll talk about the games that we've put the most hours in um, I, I pulled up my list. I was actually surprised at the list when I saw what my list was. But yeah, that, that is a lot, a lot of time to put into a game. And to guarantee support for five years, usually that's a decision that's made by a player base. They don't know what their player base is going to be, you know? Are you going to continue to support it if you only have 100,000 active players? I guess they are. Hey, if you like zombies and disintegrating weapons, Dying Light 2 is the game for you.
1: Yeah, if you like shitty games, Dying Light is the game for you.
0: (laughs) I really enjoyed Dying Light. I'm sorry. Ryan
1: likes shitty games, apparently.
0: I don't know that I'm going to play Dying Light 2 for 500 hours. And I know I didn't get 100% completion on Dying Light, but I finished the story mode and I finished most, if not all, of the side quests.
1: You just well, hate
0: zombies. You'll be you?
1: one of those you'll be one of those players that plays it then.
0: You're prejudiced against zombies.
1: You know, if they if they somehow make it into like a role playing like make a role playing server like a GTA or something, then maybe. Maybe they'll continue to have success. I don't know if they could do that in a game like that though.
2: That's a good question. I don't know. I
0: don't think that, that role playing is the bee's knees. I think it's a very, very small community. That's just being made very, very popular by people that are influential on, on YouTube.
1: It's possible. I mean, GTA still going strong. I mean, that game is older than dust.
0: Well, let, let's use the, the Dungeons and Dragons example, right? What is the quintessential, and I'm doing my air quotes with quintessential Dungeons and Dragons broadcast right now?
2: Critical Role, maybe? Cri- yeah.
0: yeah. Critical I mean, Role, right? Yeah, it has a shit ton of viewership, too. What do you mean? And if you watch that and listen to the campaign, it doesn't sound like a campaign that's terribly fun. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's a bunch of voice actors having fun and producing a product.
1: I I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I agree with you there. Maybe not the newest ones. That that first season I, I listened to, I thought that was pretty fucking good. Voice acting or not. I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Matt Colville. Do you know who that dude is? Yeah. That dude, uh, he's into all the voice acting. And uh, I don't know. I think he has some success streaming his fucking campaigns.
0: And I'm not knocking them. Good for them. I'm, you know, I am Yay capitalism. Make that money. But as far as a game and as far as the depth from what I've seen, yeah, we have more fun around our table. I had more fun around a table as a teenager, and it was a deeper, more immersive adventure. It's, it's all sizzle and no steak. Does
2: that mean you won't be watching the, uh, the Amazon series they produced?
0: Not at all. Not at all. Hey, speaking of tabletop gaming, uh, there was a little bit of a controversy because of (coughs) more of that. Um, Tabletop Simulator. Mike, do you have Tabletop Simulator? No. Bert, did you pick it up ever?
2: I did not. I've used it a few times, but I've never actually purchased it.
0: Tabletop Simulator is just exactly what it sounds like. It pretty much lets you create your own or straddle that legally gray area with creating existing board games and playing them digitally online. Uh, There's nothing automated about it. It's literally just providing you with the pieces to play your games. Um, And there's a huge community that, again, straddles that legal gray area um, that provides their own custom takes on various board games. But built in, baked into the program, as the developers like to say, was a chat feature. And the chat feature was self-moderating. But uh, the problem is, in our society, someone decided during a game, it was the perfect time to announce that they were gay. Because, you know, that fits in (laughs) when you're playing a board game. Hey, I'm going to come out now. Good for you, sister. You came out the auto moderation kicked her from global chat and temporarily banned her because I'm sure gay was one of the flag words, right? Hmm. And I'm sure she probably used other gay words, not gay. You know what I mean? Gay-ish word. This sounds terrible if it's taken out of context, but, um, uh, LGBTQIA plus alphabet people words and it probably was enough to get her flagged in the AI and it kicked and banned her. So, the computer made a mistake. Right? Well, you know how the world reacted. Or at least the vocal 3% of the world. It was the end of the world! They went on a steam review bash campaign against Berserk Games and Tabletop Simulator. And like every good corporation should, quote, we apologize for hurting the Tabletop Simulator community, especially those from the LGBTQ plus community. Berserk Games said in a message posted to Twitter. With Global Chat, we only ever intended to create an open platform to discuss the hobby we all love. However, we have obviously fallen short of that standard. And so, we have decided to officially take Global Chat down for good. They removed the feature from the software. Wow.
2: So there's no chat feature at all now? Nope. How do you play a game online and not chat about it to the people you're playing with
0: discord so instead of being a all-in-one solution now it's not an all-in-one solution shut
2: up a separate audio whatever yeah that just seems like well, a hassle
0: fine you want to apologize apologize but but don't apologize for shit you didn't do you say our ai made a mistake We've reached out to this user. We've had a conversation with this user. Carry on.
2: Right. Or even if they come up with something they say, due to, you know, uh, an unforeseen programming issue with the AI, it flagged this this appropriate message as inappropriate and triggered this activity. We're working to correct the issue with a patch or a programming update or something to try to avoid this situation in the future going forward.
0: Even if it was moderated by a human being, Bert, Hey, one of our, and it wasn't, it was, it was an AI thing. There, there is no human moderation. I'm just taking it a step further. Sure. As an example, let's say it was moderated by a human being. Yeah. Our person fucked up. Guess what? Shit fucks up. I make mistakes every day. I own those mistakes. I don't, apologize for them if there's not a need for an apology. There's not a need for an apology here. Sorry, sister. Your feelings got hurt. The AI bot screwed up and it ruined your coming out party during a board game? Question mark. There's no damage there. That didn't harm the community. If anything, it would refine the software further because, hey, if the AI was triggered here how could it also be triggered here 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 and here to improve the overall experience nope the easy solution we're going to pull the plug and kill the functionality
1: pussies
2: thank you yeah i mean it's one thing to suspend a function to fix it i've seen that happen to all kinds of functions with all kinds of programs but if they're literally removing that feature because of an autocorrect issue without reviewing it that just seems like they're just bowing to the to the screaming masses at that point.
0: Yeah, it's not a temporary removal. Quote, we promise these actions are just the first step in our renewed commitment to creating a culture that values inclusivity in board gaming and in the world. Hmm. We appreciate all the feedback and suggestions from the wonderful tabletop community and hope with hard work to regain the trust and respect of the Tabletop Simulator family. Yeah. So you crippled your software, just bent over to an incredibly vocal super minority faction. Man, we just gotta start shouting, because apparently if you're loud, you know, huh. that people, people just eat that shit up.
1: Yeah, but you gotta have something else. You can't, just, you can't be a squeaky
0: uh, white male wheel. It's true. It's true. Let's go to the world of fast food. Hey, what did we all eat last week before gaming? Burger King. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. Burger King. And it wasn't even planned.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's
0: true. Bert, Bert and I were talking about it. Bert came over, he had his Burger King. I wasn't home because I was getting the family Burger King. And then Mike came in with his Burger King. Well, Burger King is trying to find its next sandwich hit, and it is an evolution of their classic, the Whopper. Okay. Fat man everywhere, rejoice! Burger King is introducing a new style of Whopper that is the Whopper Melt.
2: What's a Whopper Melt?
0: I'm glad that you asked that. A Whopper Melt features two slices of toast layered with a quarter pound of flame-grilled beef, melty American cheese, caramelized onions, and stacker sauce, which is like their Big Mac sauce, according to Burger King's promotions.
2: So it's like a... Um, like a Monte Cristo like or a, something? Uh,
0: no, it's more like a patty melt. Okay, okay. More like a patty melt. In fact, it is a patty melt, because a patty melt is... Uh, Burger on rye with caramelized onions and cheese, grilled.
2: I've seen them do it with sourdough too, but yes, t- traditionally.
0: Burger King patty melt. I don't know, I'd give it a shot. I stick with my chicken sandwich.
1: I'll even—I'm even going back to my original chicken sandwich.
0: You did not dig the King last the
1: Ch- week. King was all right, but it has like pieces in there that are just like fat and grizzle or some shit. I don't know the the original fake chicken patty never has any of that. It's very consistent.
0: It is because it's the original fake chicken patty from right. childhood. And that's You exactly know they brought back the um the Italian original chicken sandwich, the one that had the the sauce and the provolone cheese. It's it's for a limited time, so hmm. you maybe you I'll might get that one. one. of those bad boys up. Yeah.
2: Now, you guys remember some of the other incarnations of the Whopper, right? They had the uh The Bacon Whopper, the Angry Whopper. I do,
0: I do. And now it's all just condensed under the Whopper, and you can just add on those features. So they're still there, they're just not named. Well, we can't talk about the King without talking about the Arches. You want to find out the McDonald's meal that is most suited to you based on your Zodiac sign?
2: (laughs) Sure. Lay it on me, Ryan.
0: Bert. Don't give us your birthday, but give us your sign. Pisces. Pisces. According to a leading astrologer, Pisces, that's folks born between February 19th and March 20th. They're known for being compassionate, creative, and intelligent. Pisces feel things deeply and have incredibly strong gut reactions. Because they flourish in small groups of people and are incredibly imaginative, Pisces also tend to love music and art. And Pisces would most enjoy a crispy chicken sandwich, a soda of their choice, a medium fry, and a cookie. Chocolate chip cookie.
1: <laughs> they really went from <laughs> end to end. Yeah. Got your dessert, too. All
0: what right? do you think? Would, buttermilk, crispy chicken sandwich, medium fry, soda, and a cookie.
2: Actually, that, that sounds like something that I would order. The buttermilk chicken sandwich is actually fair.
0: Okay, so 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 Bert is in agreement. That 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 lines up with his expectation. Michael, what's your sign? Leo. Oh, the Leo the Lion. No wonder you were roaring at those machines in the high limit room. <laughs> Leos are July twenty third to August twenty second. Identify with courage, self confidence, and good humor. Zodiac signs love to make an impression, even if it's to an inanimate wheel of fortune machine that makes (laughs) Ryan want to puke. Um, Leo, you would order some classic chicken nuggets, french fries, and a sweet tea, and you would skip dessert. What's the
1: situation that I'm ordering this?
0: At Mickey D's. That's your, that's nah, your
1: they're way meal. off, man. Way off.
0: That's your perfect meal.
1: No way. I haven't had chicken nuggets in ages, but I probably right. would not order a dessert. I never get a dessert. So, so they got half, half, right. so they got half of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. But the main part's wrong. So I, I would consider that wrong. But now you got to go with you.
0: Torians are loyal, stable, and pretty stubborn. Um, Practicality is a dominant trait of Taurus, and uh, we're willing to see another point of view, but we won't flip-flop on our opinion just to make someone happy, according to this astrologer. And I am apparently going to order two cheeseburgers, a small fry, and an Oreo McFlurry. Sounds
2: delicious. (laughs) (laughs) What say you, Ryan? Is that accurate?
0: That is it sounds okay, right? It sounds okay. I'm a big fat guy. I'm not eating two cheeseburgers and a McFlurry.
1: Oh, uh, a double cheeseburger was always the the jam at McDonald's, actually.
0: I could do two double cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you uh. we go. And an Oreo McFlurry and I I, I I actually like McDonald's fries the least of any uh. of the Food fries. That, I know people love crazy. McDonald's fries. Yeah, that's 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 just
1: nonsense. That's just you trying to be different. No, mind.
0: no, it's not. If I if I had to choose, McDonald's fries, Burger King fries, Wendy's fries, I don't know which ones I would choose. But I know that my last choice would probably be the McDonald's fries. And people always say that that's bizarre. But
2: yeah, very. First choice for me is always the Chick fil A waffle fries.
0: As your favorite
2: as my favorite, yeah,
0: you know about the the chick-fil-A sauce, right, Bert?
2: I do yes,
0: it's good with the fries, although I think the best condiment for french fries is a Wendy's frosty. You gotta dip your fries in the frosty.
2: I'm a traditionalist. I always go with ketchup for my fries
0: or or malt vinegar, but you
2: oh, good luck finding that anymore. Malt vinegar is great on your fries, but the only Restaurant around here that has it is Five Guys.
0: We just went to Five Guys a little bit ago. God, people are gonna think like that we just eat
2: shit food yeah, all yeah. the time. <laughs> They're like these three fat fucks all uh, live on fast food all the time.
1: Um, Shaquille yeah. O'Neal like owns like fifty percent of Five Guys uh, chains or some shit. I thought. Does heard. he really? He owns a boatload of them. Yeah.
0: Well, that's why Shaq can say whatever the fuck he wants because he. He ain't worried about offending anybody. Shaq is a very avid and open flat earther. I don't know if you guys knew that.
2: I did not. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, he's uh, very vocal about being on a flat earth. But you know what else has a flat earth? The pandemic board game board. And... um, Our last news story is Pandemic has been delisted on Steam.
2: Why? Why?
0: Quote, for a multitude of reasons. Asmodee Digital, so the big boys, have quietly pulled the digital version of Pandemic the board game from Steam with the other digital platforms to follow soon. While perhaps not a board game that everybody wants to play, and I disagree, Pandemic's Pandemic's fun. It's old, but it's tried and true, right?
2: I mean, true. We had more fun with Legacy, but Pandemic is a classic.
0: Right, right. Publisher says it's delisting it for, quote, a multitude of reasons. Uh, They did not choose to comment beyond that. The decision was made with a heavy heart for a multitude of reasons that we cannot disclose. For now the main PC and phone versions of Pandemic have been withdrawn and the Microsoft Store and Xbox version is set to go by the end of the month. The publisher does confirm that anyone who bought Pandemic prior to delisting will be able to re-download it from their Steam library. If you want to buy it now, you either have to download it for Tabletop Simulator without global chat or a similar tabletop expansion. But they do actually have official DLC on Tabletop Simulator that you can download. Um, although you can't come out of the closet while you're playing Pandemic. Or they will ban you and then apologize add infinitum to you. But yeah, who, who knows why? I thought that the digital implementation of Pandemic was pretty darn good.
2: Hmm. I can't disagree. I've I played it digitally once or twice, and it, I thought it was well done, actually.
0: It's a good little time waster when you're sitting in the doctor's office. Interesting.
2: Yeah, but no idea why they pulled it. It just says for an undisclosed number of reasons.
0: Yes.
1: Huh. Everything, uh, maybe it's all politically driven. I don't know.
0: I almost hit the button, but I don't have a reason to, and I'm not going to hit the button when it doesn't count. Um, we'll follow up next week. I'm sure something will come out or, you know, it's Asmodee. They're big enough and their PR engine is large enough that they could just pull it and say, we're not telling you why. And no one's going to question it because no one wants to cut out 50% of their board game or digital board game distribution. So we shall see. But that boys is this week's news. We sort of alluded to it before. But uh, we've all logged our fair share of time in video games. At the top of the show, before we went on the air, I said to everybody, pull up your Steam list of video games. Or in, in Bert's case, because Bert is not a huge PC gamer, I said, you know, look over your console histories. And sort your games, if possible. Either mentally or actually Based on the number of hours that you have played them. And uh, let's reveal what we've got. Who wants to go first? What is their number one game?
1: Dragon Quest Eleven is my number one game played on Steam.
0: I never finished Dragon Quest Eleven.
1: That's what it takes to get 100%, brother.
0: How many hours did you have into it?
1: 136.
0: 100% too? Mm-hmm. Bert, what was your biggie?
2: uh the re-release of skyrim for the playstation 4
0: excellent i i actually expected skyrim to be higher on my list than it was um who can't spend hundreds of hours in skyrim true um now does the ps network or playstation network give you a a breakdown of your hours or is it just that's your top game.
2: No, no, I can, I can get a rough idea from the save file. It looks like a little over 200 hours in. Nice,
0: nice. Well, I win the prize, guys. I have 1,396 hours logged in City Skylines. That's ridiculous. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> insane.
1: I literally played that game for like three hours, maybe. I can't get past There's no fucking tutorial.
0: Yeah, my number one game was City Skylines. I knew that that was going to be number one. I was surprised with the rest of my list, but I knew City Skylines was going to be number one. There's actually some new DLC coming out for City Skylines this month. Can't wait. I just uninstalled
1: City Skylines so I could make room for all the Final Fantasies.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let me see. Number two is No Man's Sky with uh, almost 700 hours. Wow. Uh, Number three was Fallout Four with six hundred and seven hours.
1: Dude, your number five is going to beat my number one.
0: Number four surprised me. It was Metal Gear Solid Five, with three hundred and ninety-eight hours. And number five was Oxygen Not Included with three hundred and eighty-six hours.
2: So uh, yeah, your your fifth one beat my top. I think my top three combined.
1: Yeah, same here. My second one is XCOM 2 with 79 hours. My third is Civilization 6 with 72 hours.
2: My second the Gloomhaven is. Gloomhaven
1: and Tainted Grail.
2: My second is Fallout 4 with 135 hours, roughly. My next one after that was Final Fantasy 15 with 102 hours.
0: Final Time. Fantasy 15. Which one is that? That's the 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 latest console version, uh, I think. On um, is that
1: the one where you have the like you have a car and it's like future more futuristic. Right. I mean, you have I a spent dudes with you.
2: Right. I spent all my time trying to learn all the secret recipes, find all the fishing holes, redesigning the car. Like, there's all kinds of things you can do in that game if you yeah. want to just goof around and not finish the story.
0: And that's it's the it. one where I couldn't wrap my head or couldn't wrap my head around the control scheme. It was yeah. action, too. It wasn't turn-based either, right? It Correct. Was like you had to actually fight, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was an action-based RPG. I couldn't get into that one either. And then after that, it's Persona 5, and uh, then we're into things like Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake and things like that.
1: If I, can, if I had a count on how much I played um, Elder Scrolls Online... I think I would have a really, really high number. Boys, I got to run. I got to call my lady before she goes Uh-oh. and calls it a night.
0: Uh oh. Well, that's okay. We uh, we better run too. We'll uh, wrap this up. We can uh, look at our lists anytime. And you know, we spent a little bit of extra time on the news. So the point is, everybody wastes a lot of time, but no one has wasted time like I have wasted time building fake <laughs> cities. That's right. So, uh, hopefully next week we won't have to use the sound effect quite so much. My name is Ryan David. I've been joined this week by Bert and just Mike. And we'll talk at you again next week on Nerd Cognito. Later.
2: Nerd!